Hello and welcome to the Create Your Future podcast. Uh, we are live on video and live on the air, and we are recording with one of the most remarkable human beings, for lack of a better word, that I have met, and, and truly not just human beings, but spiritual beings that I've ever met. And every time I'm in his presence, I, I feel um, his greatness, his ability to serve, his caring, and, um, and I'm really happy to now be able to call him a friend. Without further, uh, Mr. Tim Story, thank you for being here today. What a privilege to be on the program. And I'm loving the palm trees in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I live in Miami, as you know, um, very high above the ocean. But this week, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm in uh, Paradise Valley. And it is truly a paradise. Yes. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Thank you, sir. So let's just dive right in. And um, what I love to do on my podcast is to talk about creating future, which uh, I've learned along the way from talking to so many people really is um, uh, based on the decisions of the past. And so I want to jump right in and ask you, what is your, if you were to say Tim Story's origin story? Like, where do they kind of like, you know, obviously we're all kind of a kid and we go through our things, but at some point there must have been a moment where that, that greatness of Tim's story was unlocked. What was that moment? Yeah. So David, number one, I think you would agree with this. Some, sometimes we get there by decision and sometimes we get there by discovery. Mm. And, um, you know, most people think everything in life is all about decision. Mm -hmm. But truly, I found that the greatest doors that open, you weren't looking for. It was just a divine door that opened, and it was discovery. So I'll give you an example about that, is that when I was in the sixth grade, I had an amazing teacher. And one day, he asked me to stay after class. So I did. And he said, Timmy, I want to... I want to just tell you something. I think that you are brilliant. So there was an amazing thing because when he, when he said, I think you are, I didn't know what he was going to say, a great dancer, or you can play basketball. <laughs> he said, I think you are brilliant. So he then branded me brilliant, and I bought into it. Wow. And he said, I have three books on my desk, and he told me what each book was about because these are from my personal library. and you should read one of these books. It's going to expand you. So he already could see I had something in me. So I, I chose the book by Irving Stone on the life of Michelangelo. Wow. And that book so expanded me. So that was one of the really strong influences on my mind and my life in sixth grade. You know, if you think about it, so young when I started reading about Michelangelo and I began to see the artist and see that life was more than where I was, it took me into a, a divine discovery. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. And when did you, I mean, obviously you're a man of faith, you preach, I've been to your service, I've been to your church, I've seen your you know, amazing impact on others by you know, leading them down a path of faith. However, what, what's amazingly, um, incredibly admirable 
is I can tell that in, in dealing with you and, and as our friendship has developed, that that is not a necessity in those you know, who you're around. It is just your guiding vision. Uh, and you know, you're like, this is what works for me, whatever works for you. I still, you know, we're all one great. That's a great, that's, that's a great way to say that. I mean, you know, my, my family was taken to church when I was four. Okay. And so, um, it's funny, David, because I said to myself at 15, when I turn 18, I will never go again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mom's rules are over then. <laughs> yeah, because, because church felt so churchy. <laughs> but at 17, I really encountered an amazing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so to me, it's, it is my rock. It's my foundation. And I don't think that the witness should always be verbal. Sometimes it's just who you are. Mm. And so I like to be a billboard for a better life. And so, so much of what I do is not verbal. And a lot of people don't even know I pastor a church. Uh, probably 75% of my life is in the non-religious world. Yeah. And I just try to lead by, by being. Yeah. And, yes. and you are, a, there is a greatness about you and I don't mean to put you on the spot or whatever, but you know, even uh, my wife was watching the video of you and I interacting and she's like, wow, you know, he just has a presence. And, uh, well, and what I love about that is it's not about ego. It's not about um, you know uh, you know how important you are. It's about serving others. So thank you for that. And um, but I'm really curious what what changed. What was the the moment where it was kind of like you know I get it. You said you know I was 17. I I had this relationship. What occurred just before that that made you open to that relationship? You know. Uh, with Jesus and and changing the path of your life, something must have happened just before. Yes. So so what what happened in our in my life is is that I had life interruptions. So everybody that's watching right now, you you've all had life interruptions, and so the life interruption for me was that my father passed when I was ten. But I don't want to belabor that. Because in a lot of interviews I do, they, they get into, oh, now you were raised by your mother, no father. That was just part of it. Yeah. And then, you know, two years later, my sister was in a car accident as well. Both of them, nobody caused on my family. My father was going through a green light, man ran a red light, hit him, killed him. My sister was in a car, she was a passenger. Her friend went off of a freeway, because it was foggy, she didn't know it wasn't an offering. So, so we had two life interruptions, but David, I promise you, that was not like the thing that was my aha moment that I said, okay, now I gotta do something. Yeah. It was just three things, education, conversation, observation. Okay. Education of my teacher giving me the Michelangelo book and then going on and on and on to read more bios, which mm -hmm. I've hooked on biographies. I read, you know, a lot of them. I won't even give the number. I, I read a lot of them. <laughs> the, the second thing is, the, so that was education. Conversation was, even as a young person, I love to converse with older people about life, mm. about what they were doing, how it was working, how it was not working. 
some of my strength is in my amazing conversations with people because I'm a good listener. Third is observation. When I went to Disneyland at 10 years of age and saw all this amazingness, amazingness, um, I thought to myself, wow, there is something outside of the way I live. So that observation took me beyond. Yes. Wow. That's really, it's funny because the other two, you could say, okay, good. That's, you know, simple, but that one just adds that depth of character and that, uh, you know, that you were visionary, meaning observing with vision, uh, as well as uh, that added to the discovery. And so it wasn't just reading. 100%, and you could obviously see it and say it in your own life that, you know, when I started going overseas, first time I was 20 and I went to Stockholm, Sweden, Orlando Airport, never been overseas. I'm a kid from the inner city. And um, now I've been to Sweden 68 times. 68? Uh, 68, yeah. And, you know, the, but the first time was just so eye-opening. Yeah, and that particular time I was there, it was snowing. And then to get my own taxi, to then go to the hotel. And now I had to pay with Swedish crowns, <laughs> crowns to a dollar. Everything was eye-opening. Everything was eye-opening. And, but, but, but all these experiences of going to 75 countries now, I, I take in the culture. I'm not just a, a person from my particular country who just goes in and expects it to be done like my country. I, I study the culture. I take in the culture. I observe the culture. I, I, I create with the culture. And it's changed my life. It's changed my life. It's given me such great width. Yeah, that's um, something really interesting. Having traveled a lot myself as well, um, and I haven't been to Sweden, but I've been to Switzerland, which people always get confused, right? <laughs> um, I found very similar, you know, this broadening view and this, you know, learning about new cultures and new people. But let me ask you about something that, that I also observed, but I want to hear your take on it is, what about the commonalities of mankind, no matter where you are in the world. Did you have an experience with that or a view there's, of that? There's, there's no doubt about it. Number one, the commonalities are people want to live a good life. I've never met one person from one part of the world, and I've been to so many third world nations where there was extreme poverty, not just poverty, extreme poverty. And in speaking in these villages, Everybody wants to live a good life, not a life, a good life. Wow. That's common. Number two, everybody wants to take care of their family. Mm. I find this in my conversations all over the world, good life, secondly, take care of their family, okay? And the, the, the third common thing is, is they want to be financially okay enough that they can provide a good life for themselves and for those around them. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fourth would be they want to make a difference. They want to make a difference. People want to make a difference. Interesting. 
That is, that's very good. And, and I had similar experience that it didn't matter, you know, what language you spoke, what cultures you were in, what different, you know, um, uh, activities that, you know, are engaged in, there was always this basic urge towards a better life and that there were good people and bad people that were of any race, color, creed, country, it didn't matter. And oftentimes we get in these broad generalities of, you know, um, you know, like right now we're harping on how bad Iranians are or something of that sort, right? And it's like, I have greater Iranian friends, you know, and you're not so bad at all, right? And, you know, and, uh, oh, you know, you said you grew up in the inner city, which means, uh-oh, Tim, you must be like, you know, there's a certain edge to you because of that, right? Like, it's not, it's not fair, the labels put on others. Um, and then you and I have both also, I used to be an agent in the entertainment industry, as you know, as part of my, my oh, yeah. deep past. And I saw things that actually made me leave the industry. You know, at the point when I had two baby children at home and I'm watching this famous rich person cheat on his wife or do drugs on the table in a restaurant. And I was just like, I just, I can't do this anymore. Can't go home at three in the morning to my children uh, or to my wife and be like, where were you? Oh, well, I was watching this occur. Now you have navigated through uh, celebrity relationships and, uh, you know, and people who have had to either reach to faith or, or have hit rock bottom. And I know that you and I share, like there are some people that just are not willing to get better or willing to get helped, yet you found some people in the worst of their darkest hours and you've, you know, for lack of a better word, shown them the light, you know, you've, you've done the hard work to kind of let them see. What yes. is your, what, what activates that in you that you see someone who's just obviously in a really bad place and almost not deserving of help, and caused you to go and help them rise up? What, what activates that in Tim's story? That's a great question. I think it's, it's two things. One, it's innate, is that we all have different personality characteristics and traits as you study. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's innate. I remember uh, running one time as a kid. We, I was in the fifth grade. And uh, as I was running these long laps, and it was kind of competitive because me and another guy named Don were the fastest in long distance and short distance. And I was beating Don that day. But I noticed that we lapped twice this young guy named Freddie and he was breathing real heavy. And then I, the next time we were about to lap him, I saw Freddie hung over and I stopped. I was winning the race, stopped, went back to Freddie and found out he was having an asthma attack. Oh, imagine, imagine that I'm only in fifth grade and something innately in me is being pulled by Freddie having an asthma attack. So I rush Freddie to the teacher's, yelling at the teacher, who teacher really liked me, comes over, we find out where Freddie's inhaler is, and he, he becomes okay. Wow. But, but number one, so it's innate. And number two, it's a calling. Mm. I believe that I have been called as everyone is called, everyone is called, Ephesians 4.1. But I believe I have been called to help the down and outer, the up and outer, and the middle and outer. 
<laughs> that means the world. <laughs> so anybody and everybody. <laughs> and it's working. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, you've, you've created some really amazing effects with your service. And I think that's, um, that's really admirable and uh, obviously rewarding. What is, um, what do you feel that you've not accomplished that you really need to? Like, what is that, you know, you, you've obviously climbed this ladder of success for, you know, success in helping others. It's hard to call it success, right? Yeah. Um, but what do you feel that is like that next ladder rung you're reaching for? I think that, I think I view life different than most people is that I truly believe that God knows the end from the beginning and he knows what is yet to come. Yet to come means yet to unfold. Hmm. And so for me, I have done so much more than I thought that we would ever do. From where I came from, to where I was, to where I was again, and to where I am. Mm -hmm. So to me, um, I'm living in the bonus, and uh, I work hard uh, every week, and I think that you reap what you sow, so I'll be very, very interested, and maybe as surprised as you'll be of what, what gets to happen to me next. <laughs> but, but right now, I'm very content in what I'm doing and what I've done. And the other part, I will cooperate with that as well. You know, we're working on movies, we're working on $25 million Broadway plays. I have a new book with HarperCollins. I've got all that stuff, but that's not what I focus on yeah. at all. Yeah. I'm very in the moment right here. I'm fully present, fully feeling, fully alive, yeah. And is that how you would define happiness? Is that, is that your happiness? Well, it's, to me, it's, it's fulfillment. Mm -hmm. It's fulfillment. Happiness, I got the happy gene as a kid. <laughs> I see things through humor. Uh, there's very few times that I've had um, bouts with being unhappy for a season. That would be a lot of crisis it hit yeah. and almost like um, suffocated my real self. Yeah, yeah. But I'm innately happy. But what I'm looking for more is fulfillment, and I'm, I'm there most of the time. And that is a place of peace, a place of rest, clarity of my mind, and just knowing that my family's okay. I think the older you get, the, the more you, you are concerned about your family and about leaving the proper legacy for them. Oh, 100%. I, I, I know. Once I hit 50, I was kind of like, because you get this, this you know unfair training in life that oh you know over 50 over 50 you know get your aarp card you know oh time to retire and to me retirement means death <laughs> you know like, do not ever let do not hear the words from me i've retired because it means jensen's on his way out <laughs> i agree with that totally uh so, okay, so let me shift a little bit. That is also, you know, um, enlightening. And I, you know, I would ask you, uh, what advice could you give others to live that life or whatever? But I think really if they're listening, yeah. uh, then they can see that you've developed a pattern in life of balancing your, your intuition with action 
and, you know, and being, you know, heart-centered, which is really, if everyone, you know, really focused on that, I think it would be a better world in general, but I think they'd be a bit happier as well, you know? That's my opinion. A metaphor, because baseball season's coming up, is that I think too many people are trying to um, hit a double, a triple, or a home run, or a grand slam. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not. Singles. I, I hit a single. Yeah. I'm very confident in the fact I could hit a single. Mm -hmm. So when I played baseball, my average was usually around 333. That's so that means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a hit every third time. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm okay with that. I've had great talk shows that I've been promised by the biggest companies and they didn't work. So be it. Mm -hmm. I've had book deals that did not work. So be it. I've had other things in my personal life that did not work. Um, painful, but it happened. So be it. I think the best way to go at life is hit a single. Mm -hmm. It'll give you confidence to hit another single. It'll give you confidence to hit another single. And that's an area of losing weight, getting through a divorce, working with a son or a daughter that's challenged, working with your own disappointments, hit a single. And then one day you'll be hitting that single and you'll notice that the right fielder bobbled the ball and you'll go, hey, I'm going for second. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you hit a double. And guess what happens, David? You get faith. That's right. I'm going to hit another double. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, guys like Steven Spielberg, he just hitting home run after home run after home run after home run. But it took him a long time to build that kind of faith. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and I met him once and he is a man of uh, impeccable character. And, uh, and I also, I believe he has a photographic memory because he should not have known who I was. And all he had known me was through a contract, through a deal we had done. And he was like, oh, you must be David Jensen. And I was like, hey, what? <laughs> I was like, that's a great moment. Yeah. That's a great moment. Side, uh, it, it was uh, courtside at the Lakers game. And, uh, and he was there and I said, hi, I wanted to introduce myself. And he literally cut me off and said, you must be David Jensen. We did a contract with, you know. Hey, that's awesome. Wow. But for him to know that was, you know, he's, he's out that of this world. Awesome. Really intelligent. That's why he hits home runs. Um, so let me ask you a thing, though. With regards to the uh, hitting singles, singles, singles. I mean, you and I both know, since I'll just carry on with the baseball analogy. So you hit a single, you get to first base. Now you're relying on team members, others, to now hit another single or a double to bring you home. Yes. So the people, like I have a, you know, my, my small circle of fame quote is that the people you choose will change the trajectory of your business, dot, 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 and your life. 100%. That's beautiful. So your team has to be, I mean, this is, this is Tim's story, who's got an innate ability, a, a born with happiness, a desire to serve, is not all about the money, truly has proven that. How do you build a team like that? What, what is your little like trick or criteria or have you really figured that out? I mean, I, 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 Joseph I, and 
a couple I'm, of I'm figuring it out, but I would say that the that the research is about 90% done. <laughs> so I'm pretty good at this. Whether I'm working with Oprah Winfrey's team, which I get to work with her staff, or the you know, Paul Mitchell staff or the, the Magic Johnson, whoever I'm working with their team. Here's what I think is that when you look for the right partner in marriage, any form of relationship, business, you have to have a similar mindset and similar motives. Mm. Motives and mindset. People are not paying attention to this and they're messing themselves up. Mm-hmm. I don't care how pretty somebody is, if their motives are not similar, we got problems. Mm-hmm. Their mindset has to be similar. That doesn't mean they don't think different thoughts. One, the man could be a fireman, the woman could be a house designer. So they're gonna have different mindsets, but the mindset has to be similar in the, in the way it thinks about life. Mm-hmm. So you look at motives and mindset, and if you can really get that down, it can come in all shapes or sizes on the outside, but I'm looking for those motives in the mindset. That's awesome. That's really great advice. I hope everybody listening applies that. I couldn't have said it better. Like that's, that's incredible. So let's wrap up with uh, what you and I are uh, wonderfully excited about getting to do together. Uh, and that is the Create Conference, uh, Create Your Future at createconference.com. Got to throw out that plug. But uh, tell me, what does create mean to you? And not, I don't mean like my business, Create Entrepreneurs, but I mean the word create. There was a reason we, we came up with that. And I know there's a reason you're involved. What does create mean to you, Tim? I think, I think to me that most things have been created. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to tap into that creative force and source and manifest. So to, to me, it's not like uh, giving a kid Play-Doh and saying, okay, create something. To me, it's, it's being tapped into the ultimate creator God and manifesting an idea that he breathed into my soul. So I've, I've, I've had the ability, go ahead and say what you want to say. Next level, man, next level. Like, <laughs> keep no. going, preach. <laughs> I mean, I get, to, I get to sit with Kanye West and watch him do music. I get to sit with Stevie Wonder, watch him create. I get to be on the set with Robert Downey Jr., see him act. So I'm around creative people and what I've taught all of them is you could tap into the source, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and manifest creation. Hmm. So I, I, I do jewelry, I create jewelry, I create clothes, I'm in the restaurant business, I'm in the media business like you, I'm in all these businesses, but again, I don't believe it's somebody handed Tim Story Plato, and wow, look at me. Um, I'm only a vessel of divine creation. So I manifest divine creation. Amen. That is, uh, that's the best answer of create I've heard yet. <laughs> I am like, I mean, I have to tell you, I've told you this before and I'll say it live in front of the, the whole 10, 
10 to 10 million people will watch this. Uh, I am really blessed to have you on board with our event. I know you're going to create an amazing impact, uh, you know, divinely amongst our audience. Now, David, can you tell my audience what's going to happen and when it is? Because we've got a lot of people from our end Absolutely. that, that want to come. That's tell great. So, so we came up with this concept, Create Entrepreneurs, because... Uh, you know, I used to, I have my own story, you know, of child abuse and going through then, you know, the entertainment industry and then quitting and then, you know, all of these different, you know, changes in my life. Um, and I wasn't born with a happy gene. I had to kind of learn it along the way and I've gotten a lot of help in doing so. And, you know, at some point uh, I did Experts Academy with Brendan Bouchard. I don't, you know, I always uh, compliment the source of my learning. He's amazing. And uh, author, speaker, coach, online marketer. And you know, my story kind of culminated in the fact that I wrote a best-selling book, I put a course online, I yeah. made money while I slept, and then most importantly, I was helping people while I slept. And I still, to this day, I have courses online that people do and they send me success stories that it's helped their life, changed their business. And to me, that's, that's game over, that's what I wanna do. But then others would come to me and they'd be like, how do you do that? And why do you do that? And I hate my day job and I want to quit. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And really out of that need, I developed uh, Create Entrepreneurs so that I could teach others. Here's how to become an author. Here's how to become a speaker. Here's how to become a coach. Here's how to become an online marketer. And then I just reached out to the people who helped me. You know, Coach Michael Burt's coaching program, uh, Joe yeah. Polish's networking, um, you know, like yourself. Like, I just reached out to my friends and I said, like, you inspired me. You helped me. You've created this monster. Help me now do this for hundreds of people, thousands of people, because I feel if we could create 8 million entrepreneurs, they would go out and affect change on the 8 billion on planet Earth. Ah, wow. Okay, that's powerful. How do people uh, find out more information on the conference? Createconference.com. They just go to okay. createconference.com. They can follow either one of us. We're both shouting it out on Instagram, at David Lee Jensen or at Tim Story, uh, official, official Tim Story. Um, and they can find out, you know, go to the Create Conference page, look at the options. Uh, and then also I've, I've developed something very special for you and your audience because I love your people and your following so much and I want them to have every opportunity to see you. So if they go and they just type, if they go to the site, they choose a ticket level, which some of them include photo opportunities and you know, to get to meet you, shake your hand. Yes, I look forward to that. It's gonna be awesome. So if they put in the code TIM50, T-I-M, the number five, the number zero, they'll get 50% off of their ticket because we want to wow. get them as much as they possibly can. That's right. So they can just come for half price because they're a friend of yours. Okay, good. So we'll be able to push that. Make sure our team gets that, David, so we can really, really push it. It'll be and really the one thing I want to say is also, um, this is on a different subject than the, the conference. As you know, I work in the rehab uh, world recovery. We have a, a place called ARC Park in Tucson, Arizona. We have over 200 beds. It's an amazing facility. 
cost us about $18 million to put up. And we help people with addiction, alcohol addiction, struggling with any form of drug addiction, and all the information David will put up for us. But also it's at timstory.com. So that's S-T-O-R-E-Y, timstory.com. If you know somebody who's struggling, make sure and reach out to us. Most definitely. And we'll get that up on the show notes and uh, continue to um, sing the praise of the things that you've been doing to help others. Please keep going. Let us know anything we can do to help. Thank you for being on the podcast today, the Create Your Future podcast, available on iTunes and Anchor and everywhere else podcasts are. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Story with us today, the man, the myth, the legend. Can't wait to see you in person in just a couple of weeks here in Tempe, Arizona, which is really close to Phoenix. <laughs> see you soon. What a privilege. Thank you, Tim. Have a great day. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.